You're listening to episode 166, and today we have a very special guest on named Dylan. He is sharing his transgender journey. Take a listen. Hey friends, welcome back to Same Boat Huddle, the podcast where we have real, raw, and honest talk about life as mothers. I'm your host, Erin Miller of Erin Joyce Co. I'm a certified counselor, personal development mentor for mothers, an author, and a published photographer. I know, quite a mix of things, right? (laughs) Becoming a wife to my main squeeze 10 years ago was a dream come true. I was on cloud nine. I was a new wife, I had just started my counseling career, and my life was organized, and I had energy to do all of the things. Fast forward five years from then, I had left my career, I was home with two babies while building my photography business, and was hardly able to keep my head above water. Despite having an amazing husband, healthy children, and a beautiful home, I felt completely lost in my overwhelm. I was burnt out, and then I hit rock bottom in my daily debilitating anxiety, and I thought, this cannot be happily ever after. There has to be more than this. And guess what, mama? There is. I get you, I hear you, I see you, I am you. I believe that every single mother can rewrite her story no matter what chapter she's on. You deserve more than the disheveled, burnt out, anxiety ridden version of yourself that is hardly able to keep her head afloat. It's in this podcast that I am sharing how you can do that. Every week, I'm chatting about all of the tools and knowledge that I've collected over the past few years. These are the tools that not only pulled me out of survival mode, but are allowing me to thrive in motherhood. And guys, oh my gosh, I love my life so much, and it can be you too. Each episode, whether it's just me chatting or an interview with an amazing guest, it's going to be jam-packed with content, inspiration, and heart. Are you ready to rewrite your story? Well, grab my hands and let's do this. Hello and welcome back to Steamboat Huddle or just welcome if this is your first time. I'm so happy to have you here as always. It's such an honor and joy really to be able to use this platform to share information, to connect. It's my favorite thing. I say it every time. So today we have a really, really special guest. His name is Dylan. This is someone that I graduated high school with. Uh, We are talking about a topic that is not ever talked about on this podcast, but one that I feel is important for um, understanding uh, as well as parenting. I think it's a huge part of parenting right now. So Be sure um, to tune in next week because we will have a part two, which is really focused on understanding uh, transgender, homosexuality, uh, and the like uh, in raising our kids, whether it's our child moving through identity, um, if they have classmates or friends, families, just to simply have to know how to support our children through all of that. So that'll be next week. This week, we are talking with Dylan about his journey being a transgender male. Uh, He is married to his wife of several years. They've been together for a total of 19. Um, And they have three amazing little boys. Um, The youngest two are twins. So we talk about Dylan's journey specifically and how um, he he moved through his life in identifying as homosexual, um, getting married and... uh, 
the process for him to come out as transgender. He is also a local police officer um, and has just a, a really remarkable story. And I'm so grateful to you, Dylan, for coming on to the podcast because you've, you and your wife have been so open in such a caring, compassionate way of saying this is our story. And we are really happy to share it and also answer questions. So I'm so grateful to have you here to be able to not only just share your story, but also answer questions and help people understand this community better so that there can be more compassion, more understanding, more acceptance. So without further ado, I'm so excited to share this interview with you. Here is Dylan. So I have Dylan here on Same Boat Huddle. I'm so, so grateful to have you here. You are a transgendered male. I know you from middle school. I was thinking back when when did we meet? Was it probably seventh grade, right? Had to have been. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm just, I really want to thank you. And I told you, like, I get emotional so easily. I just want to thank you for being on the show because, you know, we've, we've known each other since seventh grade, have just stayed connected through social media since graduating. And I have just fallen in love with your story just not even your story, just who you are and your authenticity with your wife and how open the both of you are with just, this is who we are. And to show people it's not scary and love is love. And I'm just, I'm so grateful to have you here because, you know, being transgendered is this huge thing right now. I feel like just this huge conversation and talking point. And there are some people who don't have access outside of a search engine to, to be like, what is this? And Mm -hmm. your willingness and openness to be here and have this conversation means so much. Um, and I also wanted to mention that you are a police officer as well, which I think is incredible that you're in, um, in a profession that I, what I have seen is very accepting of your transition and just you, and it's you, that's the thing, you know? Yes. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, On today's episode, we've decided we're going to do two parts with this first part. We just want to talk about trans being transgender, what transitioning is, and also a little about your story. Cause like you said, everyone seems very intrigued with you and your family, of course. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So why don't we start with understanding what transgender is plainly? Okay. So being transgender is being born, being born one sex, but feeling like your gender is another. So it's, it's how you identify inside that does not match your outside. So for me, I was born female, but inside in my brain, in life, I identify as male. Right. And is this something that you knew very young, like that you could feel at a young age? I, I did. I didn't know because back when we were kids, this wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't a word for it. Uh, at least not that I was aware of when I was 11, 10, 11, 12, I was, you know, dressing as a boy telling my friends or asking my friends, you know, would you like me if I were a boy, you know, boy haircuts, um, things like that. 
Um, I climbed trees. I was a typical tomboy, but something felt different inside. I didn't feel like all the other girls that I would hang out with. Yeah. And I was, I was just thinking that I, that I bet you were labeled as a tomboy. Yes. Right. Yes. So then at some point, did you then resolve to the idea of I'm a lesbian? Yes. So that was probably around 16, 17. Um, so like 10th, 11th grade okay. is when I, I came out as lesbian. Um, I had a girlfriend in high school. Um, I don't think I knew that. No, no. <laughs> I love that. Well, it just goes to show we talked about how I'm just kind of like, I don't know. It is what it is. I don't. Yeah. That's um, awesome though. I didn't realize that. I don't think. Yeah. Um, so, and we dated for like two and a half years or something, something <laughs> like that. I? <laughs> well, I wasn't out at school. So in all fairness. Oh, okay. Okay. So I don't blame you on that one. Okay. Um, and then college I you know I cut my hair again I just started just being myself and is when I was 19 is when I realized what transgender was Mm -hmm. and what it meant and it was exactly what I was feeling did you have this moment of oh my god I feel seen that's what it is that's who I am Yes, but I didn't necessarily feel like I was seen at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I just internally, I just felt like I had a description. I had a word. I had something to put to it. And it wasn't just a weird feeling that I had that I was a boy, but I wasn't. Right. So just like, you know, when I, I think when I say I feel seen, not seen by others so much, but more in a way of like, you just feel validated. Like there's Mm -hmm. finally something on a piece of paper, like identified that this is what I am and that I'm not wrong or weird or different. Correct. Yes. Definitely felt weird. Definitely felt wrong. Definitely felt out of place. Um, Not like anybody else. And I couldn't describe it. I couldn't put words to it. How was that for you growing up? Because obviously I don't know, but you know, it's talked about more and more how difficult it is. I just come from a place of, I just hate that there's these group of people who I I quote unquote identify as homosexual and they have, Mm -hmm. they have to come out and say, this Mm -hmm. is who I've never had to like announce I'm straight. I like Mm -hmm. guys, you know, it's like, it's just, why is it like that? But has it, I don't know how, how did, I feel like there's another layer on it. There is another layer for you with this. Mm -hmm. So how did that feel just in general living 19 years feeling that different? How did you manage that emotionally? I, I struggled. Um, I was diagnosed with depression when I was 10 years old. Um, I was on medication as a teenager. Um, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine living how I wanted to live, but I, and I, I suffered. My mental health suffered big time. Um, there were times that I was suicidal because I felt wrong. Like I, there was just something wrong about me and I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. And it was hard because it was hard on my family. My family didn't know, you know, they didn't 
again, there wasn't a word for it. It wasn't, it wasn't something that I could express. Yeah. So they just knew, and especially as a mother, any parent knows like when your child is suffering in that way and none of you can really identify the root, it's like, how do we fix this? It's devastating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I mean, my mom, my mom was there for me the whole time, but I couldn't talk to her because I didn't know how to talk to her about it. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to describe it. And there was no um, celebrity that was out to, you know, kind of give visibility to it. So all I knew was what I felt inside and what I felt inside was confusion and wrongness and all sorts of things that were negative. Yeah. And then how, so I'm just, this is kind of jumping ahead for a second, but I'm, I'm knowing that uh, being a police officer, the suicidal rates are higher as well. Right. Correct. So gosh, I feel like there's, there's so much in your life. I don't want to use the phrase stacked against you at all because that's not it, but um, you have a life that just has a lot of experience and identifications in it that most people just succumb to. But I feel like you're, I almost imagine a Phoenix, like you've just risen from what life has given you. So how did you ever feel like additional pressure in your profession? Yes. I, and honestly, like I came out as transgender. So I met my wife at 19 in college. Mm -hmm. Um, when we were dating, she knew within the first year that I identified as a male inside. Um, she knew at some point I would want to transition. Um, but right out of college, I got my job. I started working as a police officer and I just kind of suppressed what I felt inside because I didn't know how law enforcement would react to it. I didn't know um, how the community would react to it. And I didn't want to put my safety in jeopardy with the, you know what I mean? If the community found out, I didn't want to put my safety in jeopardy. So I've been doing this 16 years and I just came out in December to my department and the community and it's been nothing but great. I've had nothing but support. Um, it's just, I wish I would have done it sooner. Mm. That's incredible. It's emotional to think about. Cause you really, you didn't know before coming out to them really that it would be accepted as well as it has. Right. Right. Wow. I just, I'm almost speechless to that because it's like, and I think that's probably why I just took a deep breath. Cause it's like the sigh of relief of, yes. I just, you, you have lived so long, not fully yourself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you've reached this point of, again, the Phoenix, like here I am completely as myself. This is who I am. Yeah, it feels it's it feels really good to not only have a word to put to it, but to actually be living my true self. Um, I have all of the support from my family. 
they've known for many years. Um, my kids are, my kids support me. My wife supports me. My job supports me. My coworkers support me. And I just, I, I'm so lucky and I, I don't take it for granted at all. I can't because it's just, I'm just blessed. Yeah. And I think, um, I don't know, you're just, you're just an incredible human and I, you. you really are. And I, I feel like not that other people aren't at all. It's not about other people, but I think it's so easy to just accept you as you. Cause it's like almost a side note of, well, does it, you're still you. So. And I think, I think with work, um, sorry to keep bringing it back to work, but absolutely bring it with work. I've been there 16 years. They've gotten to know me as a person. Right. Um, so when I came out to them, they were like, okay, like, we're not surprised. Right. Uh, but you're still you like, we're not, it's not going to change anything. It's you're still you. Um, it's going to take us some time getting used to your new name, your new pronouns. But other than that, like, you're still you. It's not like you're coming in after, you know, two years and you're like, this is who I am. Deal with it. Like you, you eased us into it and it, it was helpful. It was very yeah. helpful. Yeah. And I think like I had even mentioned before, I think it's so important to have a face to the name, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it makes any of this, this life stuff that happens just truly a side note, as -hmm. opposed to, you know, Dylan leads who also happens to be transgender, as opposed to there's this transgender male. Oh, by the way, their name is Dylan. Yes. You know, yes. That you, you are the face. That's incredible. So let's, let's bring this to, I want to kind of cover some general things and then ask a little about your family. Um, What is the process to transition, you know, if you're, so let's say, um, you know, previously, previously Renee was like, I'm now ready to transition. Mm -hmm. What's next. So for me personally, um, the first thing I did was I came out to my family. I said, this is how I feel. This is what's going on inside me. This is what I want my name to be. Call me my name. Um, and the next thing I did was I had a consultation for top surgery. Now, top surgery is basically a, a bilateral double mastectomy where they masculinize your chest to make it look like a male chest. Um, so I had that surgery in September of 2018. Um, I still wasn't out at work. I wasn't living. I was living at home as a male, but I wasn't living at work as a male yet. Um, and why was that? I just, I was not ready for the community and the guys to know. I didn't know. I was, it was fear. It was fear. Um, coming out is a scary process and you never know how people are going to react. Even, even though I've known these guys for 16 years and they're some of my closest friends, you still don't know how people are going to react. Um, so I just, I so just, the choosing to live this way at home was mm-hmm. your personal decision, not a process that all transgendered people go through. Correct. Okay. Uh, 
that was just for me personally. Um, so, and this was, this was in 2000, what did I say? 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, so after my top surgery, um, I had a partial hysterectomy in January of 2020, um, which was the best decision I ever made. How come? Because, um, as, as a female, you get your monthly cycle Mm -hmm. and it is extremely dysphoric for somebody who is male. Um, so having the hysterectomy was incredible. It just made me feel so much better about myself. It made me feel more confident in my body. Um, so I wish I would have done that sooner too. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I think we all can say that about things in our life, right? Like oh, yeah. when we're fighting with fear. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then, so my, it was a partial hysterectomy. I kept my ovaries because I wasn't sure if I was ever going to be on hormones and I wanted to keep some hormones in my body. So I didn't go through menopause. Um, later that year I had talked to my supervisor and I was uh, who I'm pretty close with. And I said, this is what's going on in my life. Um, what do you think about coming out at work? And he was very supportive. He, um, he said, that's up to you. You have to be the one that's ready to do that. But whenever you're ready, I will be here to support you. I will, you know, back you a hundred percent. So probably six months later, I walked in one day and I was like, let's do it. And he's like, are you sure? I'm like, yep, let's do it. And, uh, I did it. And then I, as soon as I did that, I made my appointment with the endocrinologist to start taking testosterone. And that was, that was my process. So everybody, well, first I wanted to ask, how did you come out at work? Like, was there a a staff meeting or was it like just randomly okay no it was it was my sergeant was there my lieutenant was there and my chief was there um and I basically was like this is what's going on and they were like we support you whatever you need whatever is comfortable for you do you want to go into the men's locker room do you want to stay in your locker room do you need a new uniform do you you know what do you need from us to make it more comfortable for you Um, so they've been very accommodating. Um, not that I've needed a whole lot, you know, but if I do, I know that, that they support me. Um, I got hugs all around and it was awesome. It's amazing. Yeah, it was really awesome. Wow. So speaking of locker rooms, what, what is your take on that? Whether it's your own personal or in general, because I know that that was a hot topic. I guess it still comes up every now and then, but the whole transgender bathroom thing and, and who should use which bathroom, what is your, what's your perspective on that? So my personal perspective is use the bathroom that you feel comfortable using. Um, if you're a male to female and you're comfortable in the female's bathroom, then use it. Um, the thing about men's rooms is men don't care. They go in, they do their thing and they leave. There's no eye contact. There's no conversation. There's no like nothing. It's, it's strictly business. They don't care who walks in and who walks out. It just is what it is. Women's rooms are a little more 
um, there's conversation, there's eye contact, there's, Hey, how you doing? Like, let's do our makeup together. Like it's so it's, it's a weird thing. And if, and when I used to walk into a women's bathroom, I would turn heads and they would tell me that I was in the wrong bathroom. So after a while I was like, you're right. I'm going to go in the men's room. And I've been going in the men's room for the last bunch of years because going in the women's room made me uncomfortable. It made everybody else uncomfortable. So, yeah, I, I think, I think that's been, I don't even know if I have a stance on it. Cause I think it, there's so many different variables and mm-hmm. like, well, which bathrooms are we talking about? And what's the age group? Like, I think for me, that's been my question more so like, especially to your point, men do business and they're like, whatever. I mean, they mm-hmm. probably half of them, whatever the percentage is, would see a woman walk in and be like, cool, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, (laughs) maybe, you know, it's like, just not a big deal. You're there for business. But like you said, in a female room, bathroom, there's more judgment, I think just innately inside of a lot of women. Um, But I guess something that comes up for me, especially as my children move out into the world is I don't, I don't know how much my son would care again, to the point we're talking about, but I'm wondering what my daughter would do if she saw a, a young boy walk into her bathroom. So, well, and maybe this goes into the, our conversation for part two with parenting, but do you have a different feeling or piece of advice for a young, the younger groups? That's interesting. Um, so I guess the way I see it is my kids are old enough now that they go to the bathroom by themselves in the correct bathroom but for a while they would go into the women's room with my wife because we couldn't let them go in by themselves right so you're gonna see young boys in a women's room it's just gonna happen so don't be afraid you know they're in there to do their business too like it's not it's not anything other than that and it doesn't mean that you know, something's going to happen. It doesn't mean that they're, you know, trying to sneak a peek or anything like that. It's just, they're just, they're just trying to learn how to use the bathroom on their own and they're going with their mom. Like, it's just, it just, it just happens. Yeah. Like I say, it just is what it is, I guess, you know? Yeah. yeah, Yeah, We're just all trying to use the bathroom really. Yeah. Like go into your business and leave. Like it's, you know, but people always made me uncomfortable by making comments and it was just, it was too much. Yeah. So it's, it's truly just living in alignment for who you are and, and how you're showing up in your world. And you just got to a point of, it's almost like you're trying to fit a square peg in a round hole of like, I should be going to the ladies room, but really this isn't working. So, and I just need to pee. So I'm just, Right. Couldn't so go to the men's I room. Go. Like, I don't yeah. care where I go. I just want to go. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> so this is a question that came up that I want us to quickly go over. Speaking of is that, so do you, do people need to have reassignment surgery in order to identify male to female or female to male? No. So some people can't afford it. Some insurances don't cover it. Um, some people's families aren't so supportive. Um, some people just don't want to have surgery. Um, and there's a couple different surgeries. There's 
the top surgery for uh, female to male. There's the hysterectomy and then there's bottom surgery um, for female to male. No, male to female. Um, there's again, the, the chest, they get the implants and then there's the, um, their bottom surgery. You, it, any combination of those things, it makes you completely valid. There's no right or wrong surgery. There's no right or wrong way to do it. It's whatever makes you comfortable, whatever you need to do to make yourself feel what you need to feel. So this is, I think that's a really important point because I think people who don't know, and this is honestly, this is new information for me. I think it's assumed that if you're moving from female to male or male to female, in order to quote unquote, complete the process, you have to like move 100% physically because Mm -hmm. we're a very surface culture and society. Right. But this isn't about the outside. This is about you as a human being identifying and feeling one way and creating a safe space inside of your body to feel aligned with how you feel and telling people, this is who I am. This is how I want you to talk to me. And Mm -hmm. they don't need to know what your body looks like underneath. Correct. Right. And that's important too, because we talked about that, that it's, it's none of your business. (laughs) Right. Like just quite frankly, it's just none of your business. So if it makes you uncomfortable, you need to figure out why you're uncomfortable about it. Right. And you know, every, every trans person is different and how, and how they, um, you know, teach other people if the, but I can tell you the majority of trans, the trans community don't appreciate questions about bottom surgery. Top surgery is one thing. Hysterectomy is another thing. Don't ask about genitals. Don't ask that kind of stuff because it is none of your business. Right. Um, it's, it's not, that's not what makes me male or female. Right. The inside is what makes me male or female. So it's, you know, it's some people, like some people say, between homosexuality and I know this is a little bit off topic, but homosexuality and gender identity are two different things. So it's not who you go to bed with. It's who you go to bed as. Mm. Oh, I like that. So it's who you go to bed as it's not, it's not anything other than that. It's just that simple. Yeah, I do. I think we overcomplicate things really. Absolutely. with that, I'm curious to know for the people who say, well, I guess that's, I don't even, I don't care about other people. I guess there's always the discussion of nature versus nurture with everything. Yes. What is your take on transgender homosexuality in the nature versus nurture discussion? Um, my personal opinion is it's, you're born that way. Um, it's not something that you can change it is what it is um it's just how you embrace it and it's how and the the nurture part of it um teaches you how to embrace it so either Mm -hmm. you embrace it positively because you're having positive you know reinforcements at home or you embrace it negatively because you're not getting the support that you need so I mean, either way, trans or homosexuality, it's to me, it's you're born that way. 
it is what it is. And depending on how your family treats you and supports you or lack of support is, is going to make a huge difference in your life. Absolutely. Good. So I want to talk very briefly about your relationship Mm -hmm. because I think it is interesting to some people, but again, it's, it's funny for me because I just get a shoulder shrug. Like, yeah, they're just this super happy family. And like, that's all, (laughs) but I think, and I remember your wife posted this on Facebook when you first came out, Mm -hmm. um, that people were asking her, both of you. So then how do you identify Like previously it was homosexual couple and you were Mm -hmm. wives. Mm -hmm. So then what, what are you now? So the, it's funny because the very first question I always get is how my wife identifies now. They're not worried about anything else with me. They want to know <laughs> how my wife identifies now um, and how she feels about it, which is great that they're thinking of her um, because it's a huge transition for my entire family. Right. Um, you know, especially her because for a while she identified as lesbian. Um but her and I have had numerous conversations over the, the last many, many years that she wishes she never labeled herself as that because she doesn't believe in labels. Um, if you had to put a label on her and for people to understand, she would be what you consider pansexual. Mm-hmm. And pansexual is basically when you fall in love with a person, no matter the gender, um, no matter the orientation, like you just fall in love with the person. Mm -hmm. So it could be male, female, trans male, trans female, non-binary. She just falls in love with the person. Mm -hmm. So now we are a straight couple. Um, I am legally a male. So we are a straight couple. Um, My kids still call me mama um, because they're, you know, adjusting. Mm-hmm. which is a little confusing in public for people when they, you know, they call me sir and then they hear my kids scream mama. Um, it's a little confusing for them, right. especially when we go into the men's room and they're like, mama, 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 you know, which is. it's These cool. are things you don't think about. You just yeah. would never think of that. Yeah. It's cute so though. <laughs> it, it's cute, but it's a little uncomfortable sometimes. A lot. Yeah. Oh my um, goodness. So anyway, we are a heterosexual couple now um, with three boys and a dog. We, you know, we have a house. We both have jobs. We've been together 19 years. And, you know, it's just life is good. Yeah. And I think that that's um, what's so amazing and what truly what we need to embrace. You know, I think so many people spend so much energy trying to understand things and label things so that they can understand and ultimately isn't isn't living about being loved and feeling loved and feeling a sense of belonging and if you choose to have children raising them to be good authentic happy people mm-hmm. and there are so many families that are not doing that and Mm -hmm. you know whether it's right or wrong whatever that's a different discussion but it's like why does it matter what it looks like or how it happens as long as we are creating good human beings Mm -hmm. right 
Absolutely. I, you know, they've been my kids since conception and I love them. I try to teach them. I, you know, I do what I can with them, like baseball or, you know, things like that. Like we're a normal family just trying to raise our kids to be good people. Now, can I ask, so your wife carried all of them. You have a boy and then twin boys, Correct. right? So are they, um, of the same, so she, it's her egg. Is that right? They're both yes. They're Okay. And then you find a male to we donate. An, yes. An anonymous donor. We got okay. through, um, a cryobank. Okay. And they, are they all the same anonymous donor? Or are they two different ones? They are. They're That's so full, cool. They're full blood siblings. Um, we have, 23 additional donor siblings that we're aware of or 22 yeah. I forget how many we're up to now it's it, it's an insane amount but it's awesome that's really um, cool so yeah they're full blood siblings she carried them both um I got to pick the the donor I made the donor as much like me as or my father as possible mm-hmm. um and they came out and they look like me. They do. It's amazing. It really is amazing. <laughs> so then do they understand that process? Cause how old are they? Uh, my oldest is 11 and the twins will be seven next week. Okay. Oh yay! Happy birthday. Hey. Um, so they will be seven by the time people hear this though. Yes. So do they understand, I guess, how, like, how do you explain it to them? So the twins think I'm a boy. They don't think anything other than boy. Right. They always have. They've always called me he. Um, but we've always done mama because I was living as a, as a female um, when they were born. My oldest, um, he understands the concept. He knows that um, I was a girl born in the wrong body and um, that I'm now living my life as a man. Um, and so we joke that we're going to be going through testosterone puberty together. Um, because you know, his voice is going to start changing and my mind has been changing and cracking. And, um, so we joke about that, but he, he understands as, as best as an 11 year old can understand. Yeah. Well, and I think it's amazing because they're just going to grow up being like, yeah, so, and Mm -hmm. (laughs) it just like he, he refers to me as like, he'll, so for many years he had two moms and he was cool with that at school. He was like, yep, I have a donor. Like it is what it is. Deal with it. This is who I am. Now he says that I'm his dad at school. He says I have a mom and a dad. So, um, I'm not sure how hard it was for him to change that at school. Um, but he did it almost immediately. Um, and I, I love it. It's incredible. Yeah. It's amazing. He's very, very resilient. Incredibly. A lot of courage and resiliency in Absolutely. these kids. They have so much to teach us. He has, and he has no fear about it. Like yeah. he's just, this is my family. And if you don't like it, then. Not my problem. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah. his, even his friends, his friends will come over and, and they used to call me Miss Renee and now they call me Mr. Dylan. Like they're very respectful and like, mm-hmm. even they get it yeah. and it's awesome. 
Yeah. Well, and I think too, and children have so much to teach us in that way that they really are concrete thinkers. Their, their brain just isn't developed to be as complex as ours and jaded and all of that. And I think they have so much to teach us in the simplicity of acceptance Mm -hmm. and not fighting things and just like, yeah, okay. So last question before we wrap up this conversation um, that I think is really important for people is to understand pronouns. So can you just explain why they're important and maybe how someone can ask somebody what they want to be referred as? So the simplest thing to say is, or to do is just simply ask, how would you, what are your pronouns? Um, what do you, what do you want me to refer to you as? Um, pronouns are important in the trans community because it's what they call misgendering. And it's, it can be very um, destructive for people. For me, it's, for me, I understand mistakes happen. You know, it is what it is. What it is. Some people still call me ma'am, which confuses me, but <laughs> I still get it every once in a while out in the community like and I'm not gonna go out of my way to correct them and make a big deal out of it but for some people it's very important um so the the best thing you can do is just ask if you think that um somebody might have different pronouns than what you see or what you assume just ask and they'll tell you whether it's he him she her they them um and then do your best to refer to that person with those pronouns mistakes are going to happen. Um, but just do your best. And that's all that we can ask. And I would assume if somebody asks, they'd actually be so much more appreciative of that than not even asking and then using the words, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if, even if I walked up to you and didn't know you and I was like, you know, what are your pronouns? What would you like me to refer to you as? Like, you're not going to get offended by that. No. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's like, it's almost like asking what somebody's name is. Right. Yes. So, so you can use their name. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's just the simplest thing you can do is just simply ask. Yeah. I like that. Thanks. That's such a, a simple, easy explanation. And I also, so they, them would be typically for non-binary, right? But not always. Correct. Not always. Right. Okay. Because I, I don't know. I'm sitting here thinking, I feel like there might be some people thinking, in what scenario would someone want to be identified or used as they, them? So, so that's, so that's like, I'll touch briefly on that. That's somebody who identifies as non-binary. They don't necessarily feel completely masculine and they don't necessarily feel completely feminine. They're somewhere in between, or it can be day by day. Um, it can change. So if they don't want if they feel feminine one day, they don't want their pronouns to be he, him. If they feel masculine one day, they don't want it to be she, her. So they go with they, them. And um, I know it's a difficult concept for some people to kind of wrap their head around because it's a, it's a plural term for a singular person, Mm -hmm. but that's what they want to be referred to as. So respect that. Right. I think it's just as simple as that, you know, and I just encourage people that if, if you're truly triggered and what I mean by triggered is if you feel angry or irritated or frustrated or confused that 
there's learning meant to be done for mm-hmm. you. Right. That just take that as an opportunity to recognize like this is bothering me in this capacity for some reason. So that means I have some learning to do if, if you mm-hmm. want to, that's, you know, that's the whole point of living, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And ask questions. I mean, if you're, if you don't know something, just ask. Yeah. And if the person's not comfortable answering, they'll tell you and just right. respect that. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So we're going to wrap up here. Uh, and then we'll be back next week to talk a little bit about, um, really supporting our children through understanding themselves and those around them. So thank you. Thank you so much for being on with us, Dylan. I'm so happy to have you here. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to my conversation with Dylan. I really, really hope that there's something that you were able to walk away with after listening to us talk. I think truly the biggest thing that I kept coming back to, and you'll you'll continue to hear it next week as well, is that um, everything comes back to love, truly. And I'm finding that more and more with everything right now, everything that's going on in the world, uh, in our country, in my home, in my body, in my heart that when we are able to move back to a space of love, it is such a healing vibration and emotion. So I'd love to hear what your takeaways are. Please feel free to um, email me, Aaron at AaronJoyceCo.com. And if anybody wants to connect with Dylan, he is more than happy to connect with you privately. Please reach out to me and I can connect the two of you together. Uh, again, he's been so beautifully open um, and, and just, uh, just transparent, but with compassion and a desire to, to be a leader in his own life and to be able to support the people that are in his. So please don't hesitate to reach out, uh, if, if you want to connect. Um, and then as always, please feel free to take a screenshot and tag on social media at Aaron Joyce Co. Uh, and then also unrelated, but please head to my website, erinjoycementoring.com slash freebies. This is a great page. Uh, I will continue to add to this where you can essentially just kind of, you can look through, there's lots of different things to grab from cycle trackers to, um, getting to see all of my past webinars. How cool is that? It's just like free education, um, tips on managing anxiety, things like that. So you can head on over there and that will actually get you onto my email list. That's going to be really important as time moves on because we have lots of things happening over at Aaron Joyce Co. Uh, definitely like with, v- coming up as well as throughout the next year from planners to different ways that you can work with me, different free opportunities for education and connecting, uh, lots of really fun stuff. So little by little that will be out in email and um, yeah, so that is the place to be right now for sure. Uh, and I think that's it. So be sure to tune in next week. As I had mentioned in the beginning of today's episode, we are going to continue talking with Dylan and have a conversation around what it is like to be a parent to a child who is identifying as homosexual or transgender or anything of the like, uh, or, and, or how to support our children who have peers who are going through different identity um, movements and evolutions and explorations, as well as if any family members of friends or your family members, anybody, just how as a parent to be able to support the people that we are raising. So definitely be sure to tune in next week. And that is all. Treat others the way you want to be treated. And I will talk to you next time. Hey, guys, before you go, we have a couple favors to ask. Leave a rating and a review. 
Your ratings and reviews tell the podcast people that this podcast is worth listening to, and then they help it get to the people who need to hear it. Also, don't forget to take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at Erin Joyce Co. I love seeing which episodes you love, and you also get to help me get the message out to other mamas that life can be pretty amazing. And if you're not a part of my free Facebook group, be sure to join. It's called Same Boat Huddle. Kind of easy to remember, right? It's the safe space to connect with other women just like you and to also get even more of me. I can't wait to see you there. That's it. Don't forget. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Have a great week.